Welcome back, everybody. Once again, we have returned to the studio yet again for another episode of The Weekly Wilson. You can email the show at weeklywilsonpod at gmail.com. I am your... Ooh, I didn't think of anything. I'm your host, Brian Wilson. And I'm your host, Jay Wilson. See how good that felt, Brian? It was so Did it feel good? I don't know. I felt I felt like I'm just another another lemming in the crowd now. I didn't come up with anything to identify myself, make right. myself interesting. There are a lot of podcasts out there these days. Thousands I hear. But very few of them have two Wilsons. That is true. I bet there probably is another podcast out there that's had two Wilsons on it before. But they're definitely not doing it on a weekly basis. So no, no way. Um so I went on a run this weekend. Okay, we're diving right in. Yeah. What else? Is I went there? on a run this weekend too. Really? Yeah, I'll tell you all about it. Maybe you can go first. Myron's probably cooler, but uh, we'll okay. s- we'll see. Um, no, so I did the Saturday long run. Mm-hmm. Which uh, you know, um, is a little unorthodox as far as normal runner. Habits. It's usually Sunday long run, but when the boys offer up a Saturday long run, you gotta pounce. So, okay. Um, a bunch of the running club guys drove to a trail. It was super nice. Um, the run was pretty hot, not gonna lie, but it went all right. So, like, the actual contents of the run, decent pace. Um, aside from the fact that I did not have um, very good bowels for this run. <laughs> you left your good bowels at I home. I was going to say I left the good bowels at home precisely. <laughs> that is exactly how I was going to phrase it. Um, but, yeah, so I think part of it was that my roommates and I had a dip party the night before. And, a uh, dip party? Yeah, not chewing tobacco. Oh, yeah, I was going to say. I was like, whoa, Jay, I was unaware of this part of your life. But oh, you mean like chip dip? Yeah, so there was okay. there was hummus, there was guac, there was salsa, there was Wilson pink dip. <laughs> the pink slime. Which did not perform well. <laughs> it's okay. You need it's it's okay. I told them how it works, that you just need to keep eating it, but nobody seemed to really catch on the way yeah. that I hoped. I guess I guess you have to have it stand alone, because if you have any option for any other dip, you're probably gonna go for other dip first. Yeah, because Pink dip is uh takes like several instances of eating it before you can even decide whether or not you don't dislike it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and probably an entire container before you can realize that you love it actually. But uh yeah. this has resulted in me having to slowly eat four blocks of cream cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, because uh, the recipe for this dip is just cream cheese and Catalina dressing. French dressing and then onion powder and garlic powder if you're feeling zesty. But. Okay, is Catalina dressing a thing? Because I always say that and people look at me. Uh, like a lot of people call it French dressing. Ah, they're the same thing? Yes. Okay, that's good to know in well, the future. You have to specify though, because I think there is like a real French dressing. you got to specify the neon orange fake French dressing. <laughs> okay. Um, And... Yeah, so I remember distinctly while making the dip, I said, well, time to add the corn syrup, and I just squirt in half a bottle of French dressing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so 
I have a lot of dip these days. Any, anyways, this is all just to say that my, my bowels were not feeling it for this run. Um, <laughs> Your so bowels have been ravaged. Yes. So, don't say that. Um, <laughs> so I wake up, and I have a very large movement before okay. the run. You know, so I think, oh, great. That was a, that was a solid, solid dumperoo. I'm going to have a great run now because I've cleared the mechanism. <laughs> It's all about clearing the mechanism. Yeah, we're PSA, we're going to get a little uh, like trigger warning, I guess, on if you're not comfortable talking about bowel movements. But uh, <laughs> okay. we're runners, so this is common fare. But Oh yeah. So I figured, you know what? It's going to be a good run. I'm going to be fine. And then start the run. We do the first 6 miles. And then I get back to our main parking lot and I think to myself, well, you know, I should probably stop here and use the porta potty while I can. So that was Dump number two. Then okay. we set out on the rest of the miles. I'm doing 15 total. So we get further out. The plan was to go three out, three back, three out, three back again for somebody who had 12, because somebody only wanted to do six. So we did six okay. for that one guy, 12 for another guy. So we get out on the rest of the route, and uh, about, you know, three miles in, bathroom's at four. I'm like, oh boy, mm -hmm. something's a brewing, and I maybe make it. It's weird because usually you can fight through it for a while. Yeah, yeah, but, for uh, sure. Yeah, and there are early signs of having to go to the bathroom. What one of my non-running friends recently revealed to me was called the dump lumps. <laughs> when you get goosebumps <laughs> from having to go to the bathroom really bad. Interesting. And I, the uh, dump lumps, I like it. No, yeah, I've said it at least four times since he revealed it to me earlier this week. <laughs> but, uh... But yeah, so I made it, it was, I, there was no fighting through it. It was a quarter mile and then I had to duck out into the woods. There was no chance. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So I'd say was, usually there's like a two or three mile range of you're like, oh, I'm going to need to go soon yeah. to I need to go now. No, I made it like half a mile, I'd say, and that was fighting hard. So, oh, um, boy. So yeah, so I went into the woods and I was like, boy, oh, boy. That was, that was odd, but... Surely, surely three dumps is the is the cap. <laughs> I went into the woods and I said, boy, oh boy, this is odd. <laughs> yes. Um, so then we get to the turnaround. We're on our way back for the last three miles. Mm -hmm. And, uh, or was it three? Or no, I think I went the rest of my mileage out because just various game plan decisions. But um, on the way back... We're past the restrooms, and I'm like, boy, I really do need to go take another dump, don't I? <laughs> and this time I made it like a tenth of a mile. I was, I, I knew that my bowels were a force of nature this morning that were not to be denied. <laughs> so I ducked off into the woods again and uh, took another, took another dump. <laughs> Four for the day, three on the run specifically. Yeah. Before 11 a.m. <laughs> Mm -hmm. See, it always baffles me when people are like, you should really only poop like once a day, maybe once every two days. But when you eat a pro for dinner, when your dinner consists of approximately one cup of hummus and one cup of guac, and then a lot of pink dip, <laughs> I guess the rules kind of go out the window. Uh -huh. I, I kind of want to ask how it looked coming out, but I feel like we shouldn't go there. It, it changed very little form from the hummus that entered my body. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> that's right. that's a good picture. We can leave it at that. Yeah, if you were trying to fast forward through all of the running talk, you can stop fast forwarding now. We're done. It's all good now. <laughs> <laughs> we're in a safe place. Yeah. So I finished the run. And uh, mm-hmm. we decide, you know what? This was a great vibe, except for Jay. Um, <laughs> we're gonna keep the vibe going. Let's get some brunch now. Team brunch. Anyone in the mood for dip? <laughs> yeah. Um, no. So we decide, yeah, let's do team brunch. We're we're really feeling it today. It's Ben's birthday. Let's go out for a birthday brunch. So we get back to Clifton, and we're the guy who'd only ran six miles had been scouring Clifton for where we should go to brunch since he had time. Okay. Um, we decided, you know what, hangover easy. Let's go to hangover easy. That'll be a classic. Mm-hmm. Saturday at noon, by the time we get there. Um, we roll up with ten folks. Ooh. You can't call ahead, apparently. Or you can't make a reservation. You can get in line on an app or so, I think. But, um... Okay. We, we roll up. I'm leading the pack. I say, good morning. Like, uh, we have ten folks... Uh, what's the wait going to be like? He said, uh, or I said, do you have a table for ten? He said, oh, no, no, no. And I was like, okay, that's fine. What about two fives? And then he said, it's going to be at least like an hour, hour and a half. Oh, jeez. Restaurant visibly not full. <laughs> and Well, COVID. Oh, yeah. But he was, he was like, it's going to be an hour, hour and a half. And I was like, oh, okay. And they said, it's a hangover easy on a Saturday, dude. And I was like, I was not visibly uh, irate, sir. And you are just (laughs) coming at me with a lot of energy this morning. A lot of disrespect. But uh, I also didn't want to wait an hour and a half, so I just promptly left the restaurant. Mm -hmm. So then we all decide, well, that guy, That guy had, like, a big ego. Yeah, he was like, it's hangover easy on a Saturday, man. We don't need you. I'm just like, okay, (laughs) well, you've lost a a customer for life. I'm never going to hangover easy. Laying down the oh, wow. <laughs> you look like you just decided that right now. Yeah, no. I've... It was the... Wor- okay, Brian, juxtapose the position to the situation we had after Hangover Easy. There's no reason to ever go back to Hangover Easy. Because, okay. Brian, the main guy who had been trying to go to Hangover Easy, he was planning the whole venture, said, hold on, hold on, guys. Let me call up Taste of Belgium, see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Calls up Taste of Belgium. They're cooperative. They say, well, we don't really take reservations, but you say you're going to be here in the next, like, half hour? Yeah, we can we can see what we can do. We roll up. No wait for ten people at one table. Wow. Yeah. The and customer then, is always right. Precisely. My glass of water was never empty. They got all of our orders super quick. And the food was delightful. The service was amazing. And then we were all just shitting on Hangover Easy the whole time, because we were pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so, needless to say, Hangover Easy is on the Run Club's uh, unapproved venues list. Okay, good to know. Because that's usually, when I'm in Cincinnati looking for places to go, I usually check that list. It's the first place I go. Can't do Hangover Easy. Um... But that was, that was the majority, I think the first five of my, uh, first five bullet points I had. Okay, wow, you're flying. Yeah. The next one was just talking about how 
Um, so I had a sinus infection recently. And okay. um, I timed it out so I perfectly ran out of NyQuil. But then I went to I went to rinse out the NyQuil bottle because I used the liquid. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, you know, I've I've drank the liquid of the rinsed container for one of my favorite substances. Oh no! <laughs> so I, I took a sip, and uh, it's it's good. Diluted, okay, diluted yeah. cough syrup. <laughs> I was gonna say I I feel like it's different with medicine. <laughs> <laughs> Is it though, Brian? Because I had just taken a dose. I had just finished off the bottle. It's like, well, there's yeah, like there's like trace amounts left, and I'm just like, well, I suppose. <laughs> so if you are sick and you find yourself scrounging for the last of your cough syrup, just like fill her up. Do you like the taste of Nyquil? No the syrup. Straight. Well, I'll, I will say this. I remembered it being far grosser than it was, but then I took the liquid gel capsules for a while. But then apparently it was revealed to me that the uh, the just straight liquid works better for some reason, or at least that's what you oh, yeah. believe. Oh, yeah. So then I got the liquid recently. I think the first time I'd had the liquid was, like, when I was 19 or 20, maybe. And uh, since before I could swallow pills. And mm-hmm. I took a took my dose of the cough syrup, and I was like, oh, boy, this isn't as bad as I remember, probably because I have recently started shooting liquor. <laughs> and that is far worse. Yeah, that might, that might be part of it. Yeah, so something that's designed to, like, be for kids trying to trying to just show up to the party and be like, hey guys, we know we don't taste that great, but we're like putting all this science behind tasting as good as we can. I'm sitting there. Mm-hmm. Like you guys are you guys are overachieving. I, I I've drank yeah. far worse. This yeah, actually does something I, positive to my body. I'm I could I could do with much worse flavor. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy the taste of it. And that's okay. an unpopular opinion, but Yeah. Like, when I get a cold, I get excited because I get to drink NyQuil. Well, I remember really enjoying the taste of Motrin. Do you remember Motrin? Liquid Motrin? I don't know if I ever had that. It was orange. What is Motrin? Is that a painkiller? I don't know. I just remember when I would, like, feel generically bad or, like, sad, maybe. I'd feel like, <laughs> be like, yo, we'll give you some Motrin. <laughs> <laughs> give you some of the special stuff. If you have a rough day at school, Jay? Here, get a, get a little slug of Motrin. Um, <laughs> that makes me think of, uh, I've never talked about this to anybody, but you know, in <laughs> Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, when, uh, Professor Lupin, every time Harry keeps passing out from the, uh, the Dementors, he keeps giving him chocolate, he's yeah. like, here, this'll help. It's like, I guess the book might go into it where it's like, the chocolate maybe has magical effects, but I'm just like, well, the chocolate's just, just good. The chocolate sparks joy, and that's what you yeah. lack after a Dementor. I suppose. Never asks Harry yeah, whether or not he likes chocolate. Yeah, it's just, and I was like, is it just a placebo? Like, oh, maybe this is actually supposed to help more than I think it is. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe Motrin was just something Mom made up. Yeah. She's maybe. like, here, this will make you feel better. She's yeah, like, oh, okay, juice. I feel better now. Orange juice and simple syrup. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that was an experience. But, Brian, all of this is playing second fiddle to the fact that I have been getting into my classes... Okay. You know, taking them, succeeding, I would hope. Haven't completed a single homework. You would hope? Yet. Do you not know? Well, that's the thing, Brian. I've been going to classes, taking notes, being a diligent student. But as of mm. now, the, all the extracurriculars have taken precedence over academics because academics haven't really kicked into gear yet. Uh huh. But tomorrow, first homeworks are due. Oh. <gasps> 
heat transfer, so I'm gonna have to kind of have to grind it out today. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, though, I have I think I've underestimated how nice it's going to be not having to complete a vibes homework every week. Yeah. It's gonna be a huge time time boon. Well, vibes. Oh yeah, because it goes circuits, vibes, and now you're free, free. of Alan Phillips. Yeah. I have normal <laughs> homeworks now, <laughs> which yeah. being free of Alan Phillips is bittersweet to be said because he's a great right. man. Right. But exactly. Yeah. Wait, did we just say his first and last name? <laughs> well, he's a professor. He's a professor at a public institution. I think it's fine. Yeah, he's more famous than our podcast would imply. Um, Probably. I will strive to not do the first and last name of all my professors, but um. So. The thing about moving on from Dr. Phillips is mm-hmm. that you then encounter your first lecture with what is, who is often regaled as w- one of the most intimidating professors in our mm-hmm. cr- like career path or, yeah. ed- or educational path. Um, in the first few lectures, I found that while she is intimidating in some ways, she's not an entirely just unpleasant person. She's not mean outright. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, she's just, she's got some engineering quirks, you know, as a lot of us do, and mm-hmm. she's particular about certain things, but by and large, if you're not a numbskull, you can get through and she'll appreciate <laughs> your presence, you know? Yeah. Um, but this particular professor really liked Brian Wilson. Which helps. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You were famous for turning in a homework on a post-it note. Yeah, I have that post-it note on my desk right here because she framed it and gave it to me. Yeah. When I graduated. <laughs> yes, because she one of the things she was particular about was making sure that your homework was neat and well-organized. And yes. said that if, you need, if it's too crowded or whatever and you need to rewrite it onto a different paper, do that. Yeah. So then you copied yours onto a post-it note. Yeah, because it was basically the first draft of your homework was you figuring everything out and it's all messy. Then once you figure out the process to get to the correct answer, she would make you redo the homework orderly on another sheet of paper and then turn in that one. Because she didn't want to go through all of your shenanigans that you had to cross out and erase and redraw things and all this stuff. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so understandable but then Brian copies this onto a post-it note out of spite it was yeah it was so orderly and so organized that yeah. I was able to fit some people took like two to three pages front and back for this homework <laughs> and I turned mine in on a sticky note which I recently found from your friend um, Noah that I didn't know this but apparently you only held up for like three seconds or five seconds before you gave her your real homework yeah, I know. <laughs> I wasn't, I was not as bold a man back then. That's what, Wilson's are all for tomfoolery that results in no harm done. Yeah. Um, Let me tell you though, those five seconds, the, she, the look on her face. She told me it was the first time when collecting homework that her heart stopped. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was the goal. But she's collecting homework via... Scanned documents online, though. So you have to scan your sticky note? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just gum up the works in the printer. Oh, um, man. No, but I wore a Hawaiian shirt last Friday. She was nice. very excited to see that. 
Cool. Keeping the dream alive. I think a lot of people in my class are getting excited about Hawaiian Shirt Fridays, so you may have had more of an effect than you think. There could be a whole row. Yes. <laughs> um, Perfect. Yes, but... So, needless to say, I've been getting along with this professor. And, uh, actually, I very much... So, for all of her particularness, she is very concise and clear and mm-hmm. a good professor. So. Oh, yeah. Great teacher. Yeah. So, after going through three years of engineering education, having an objectively good professor, you can put up with a lot of stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so if she... If she wants me to do my homework a certain way, I'm more than happy to do that. But um, yeah. anyways, that's besides the point. I'm sitting there in lecture yesterday, doing my thing. Uh-huh. We're all wearing masks <laughs> because... <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what is your thing that you're doing as you sit just in like, Just moving around, feeling out the space. Yeah. <laughs> just doing a couple of these arm swirls. Yeah. She's like, she says, ah, yes, Mr. Wilson, I see you're doing your thing. <laughs> but... Um, no, so <laughs> I uh, so I'm sitting there doing my thing. <laughs> and she starts walking around to answer questions on the example problems that we're working on. Mm-hmm. We're all wearing masks because of COVID. She walks past my row, and she says, "Hey, is that mask critical role?" <laughs> oh no! And I was like, "Yes, it is." Is you doctor. wearing your your Captain Tusk tooth? No, mask. it was a harder one to pick out. This was my, uh, it's just generic, um, critical role icons. Like, a, their logo, there's a frumpkin, there's a button, okay. a flower. Okay. Yeah, all sorts of stuff. She said, is that critical role? And I said, why, yes, it is, doctor. And, um, and she said, oh my gosh. And then we were just talking about critical role for, like, a few minutes. Just, like, mid-class. Yeah, and she said... Oh man, have you been watching Exandria Unlimited? For those of you who don't know, it's the eight-week run of a short between two campaigns of this D&D stream that Brian and I listen to. Yeah. And uh, I said, I watched like the first four or five episodes, and she said, oh man, I've been cracking up all summer, it's great. And I was like, just goodness gracious, that I had no idea that Dr. I don't know, do we, first name or last name? I don't know. <laughs> this particular professor was such a critter, is what their fan base is called. I'll call I'll call her Dr. Critter. Okay. But oh man, I was just Did so excited. Not only because this is another bonding point between me and this professor, but also mm-hmm. because... Because you know, it's it's good. It's never a bad thing to be close to your professors. That's, but that's oh. sort of a, in my mind, a ladder-climby like, way to look at it. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't I mean... Know. I think it is just good to be on good terms with your professors. Yeah, yeah but also... Like you should be comfortable going to them. Yeah, but also I'm, I get genuinely excited when somebody recognizes that, and also I yeah. love talking about critical role, so now I'm excited to, to see this professor and actually be like, hey, what do you think of critical role this yeah. week? <laughs> yeah, you can walk into class. Once the next campaign starts up, you can be like, what? Yeah, she was saying, I can't wait for campaign three, and I said, yeah, no, I can't wait to see what Sam's character is and what weird item he's drinking out of this season. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so that was that was amazing. Another guy. A did guy anyone st- else? Did Hello? anyone else in the class like pipe up and be like, "Oh, you talking about Critical Role?" Well, people in my row knew of Critical Role, but it was funny. One of my friends listens to a different D and D stream called um, mm-hmm. uh, The Adventure Zone. Yeah, and I said, and after uh, Doctor Critter left, I said, 
So, uh, how do you feel about choosing Adventure Zone over Critical Role these days? <laughs> <laughs> Got him. But yeah, so that was that was a great time. Another guy in my stats class noticed my mask, and we were talking about Critical Role. Okay. Yeah, it's great to have those like clothing items or random trinkets that uh, subtly put out that you're like, I'm into this thing. And anyone else that sees it is just like, oh, it's just a mask. But then if the right person sees it, they're like, hey, yeah. that's Critical Role. Yeah. No, I think if you're into something niche, you should have some sort of very subtle indication of that on you at all times. Yeah. I just got uh, my rewards from contributing to the Critical Role Kickstarter. Oh, yeah? So I got a bunch of stickers of all of the Vox Machina characters. So nice. I'm like, all right, I need to place these all over. <laughs> I see you have one on your forehead. <laughs> yeah, I thought that would cover most of my bases. So is that sewn in? You didn't. You didn't just stick it. It's a bold choice. So that's <laughs> um, that's all I have for you this week. Um, you can email us at uh, gmail.com. <laughs> Brian, I assumed you have nothing to say. So yeah, I'll just scout us out. <laughs> no, I have two two topics I want to cover. One is the long anticipated hood to coast relay. Yes. It was this past weekend. And the other one is I have some news that is probably going to um, greatly upset all of our mole viewers. Oh, no. Yeah. So, I'll start with Hood to Coast, because okay. I feel like that's the headline. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it was this weekend. This race has been vastly anticipated. A lot of hype leading up to it. Especially due to your heel. Yeah, I guess intrigue, because of the plantar fasciitis that I've been dealing with since April. That arc. That, yeah, throughout this whole time leading up to it, I'm like, is it my foot going to be healthy? Maybe it'll be healthy enough. Maybe I'll be in shape enough, because I haven't run for like four months, except for across the Grand Canyon. I've been and taking a very unconventional approach to my uh, <laughs> plantar fasciitis yeah. um, recovery. But yeah, just been doing a lot of aqua jogging, a lot of biking... So I'm like, am I going to be in good running shape? Is my foot going to be better? Um, a couple months before, I actually contacted the team captain and was like, hey, plantar fasciitis, I don't know if I should run. And he was like, please run. It'll be easier than finding a replacement. So I was like, okay, I might not be fast. And he's like, that's okay, we just need to finish. <laughs> so all of that leading up to I finally got on my flights to Portland, flew there, and had the race. So, I'm going to describe to you how the race works, because I'm not sure how familiar you are with it. Well, I watched an anime that was strikingly similar. To this relay? Yeah. Okay. I told you well, about this several times. I know you watched a running anime, but I didn't know it was a, like, hood to coast relay type. Well, it's called the Hakone Ekiden over in Japan, but, uh... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was just, like, a cross-country team. Brian. Brian, Brian, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyways. Um, so it's a 199-mile relay from the top of Mount Hood to the Pacific Ocean. Mm -hmm. um, relay team consists of 12 people. We were in the mixed corporate division. So ah. it was all people from GE. Six women, six men. And you each run three separate legs. So, all 12 people run, and then you circle back to the first runner, takes the baton again. Well, it was a slap bracelet. 
So they take the bracelet and then they continue running. So race takes about 24 hours. Our goal was sub 22 hours. So you're running three legs. Each one's like five to eight miles ish mm-hmm. um, over the course of about 24 hours. Uh, there's also two chase vans, so six people in each van. So it's like I was in the first van. So the first six runners do their legs, do all their handoffs, and then they hand off to the next van. So then the first van gets kind of a break while the mm-hmm. second van is doing all of their handoffs. Um, so the handoff process is mayhem. Like when you're doing your six legs in a row, because so we start at the start line, they go, really, and then we're like, oh, Wait. okay, huh? You start at the start line. Yeah, great place to start. Okay. And then as soon as they take off, we're like, all right, we got to get to the next exchange zone, which it's going to take them about 30, 40 minutes to get there. Mm -hmm. But it takes us like maybe 10 minutes to drive there. Um, There's a million people, so there's always van backups, like lines and finding parking and stuff between all that. And then you have to get out. The person has to like warm up for their leg. Yeah. Because it's it's like an 8K race, basically. Um, 8 to 10K. And then, so they have to warm up. Usually the next person to take the handoff is going to start their warm-up. Then they come in, do the handoff. You want to let them cool down for a little bit before you get in the van and then go to the next exchange. So it's like warming up and cooling down is just complete madness, trying to figure out when you should do things, staying loose and stuff. Yeah. I'm Um, loose! Yeah. Needless to say... um, when you're in the van doing your six exchanges, it's like you're not getting any rest, per okay. se. It's not like you're sitting in the van and being like, oh, I'm good. It's like people are always moving, stretching, cooling down, warming up, all these things. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Um, I want to back up because <laughs> before the start, that was still me just describing all of the whole race. Yeah. So, so we're at the start line. Setting start line is at... Start line is at the top of Mount Hood. Um, so we're just, like, getting everything together, waiting for our start time. And one of our teammates was scrolling through Instagram, and she's like, Oh, Colleen Quigley is doing Hood to Coast. You know Colleen Quigley. Do I? She's a Olympic steeplechaser. Haha. <laughs> she's gone to the Olympics before in steeplechase. It's, like, the trio was... Uh, Emma Coburn. Emma Coburn, Courtney Ferrerics, and Colleen Quigley. Okay. But Colleen Quigley got injured, I think, maybe a year-ish ago. So mm. she's been on the men. She also left Nike's team and joined Lululemon. Mm. Um, but yeah, someone was scrolling through Instagram and was like, Oh, Colleen Quigley, Olympic steeplechaser, is running Hood to Coast. And we're like, oh, that's cool. I wonder if we'll see her. Literally, like, two minutes later, we look up and we're like, Hey, there's Colleen Quigley. <laughs> Just walking around, like, doing her thing. Yeah, doing her <laughs> you know, doing her thing. <laughs> um, but then we were like, that's cool. I wonder if she's starting around the same time as us. And then eventually we line up at the start line, and we see her team name on the start board, and we're like, oh my god, Colleen Quigley's team is starting at the same time as our team. <gasps> so then for that entire day, at every exchange zone... Like, we all park our vans and get out to, like, do the exchange, and we're just, like, watching Colleen Quigley. She's, like, in our vicinity for the entire day. <laughs> That's and crazy. I was like, this is so cool. 
Um, we did not take any pictures with her because also shout out to her. There were people constantly like, oh my God, Colleen, like coming up to take pictures and like say hi and talk to her and stuff. And I was like, I would get so annoyed. Like, yeah, she's probably pretty used to it by now. My team, leave me alone. Yeah. Huh? She's probably pretty used to it by now. Yeah, but like, I didn't realize how exhausting that must get for professional athletes. At least for them at running events, I'm sure in their everyday lives they don't get as bothered. Yeah, imagine just but, that being anywhere you go at any time if there's other people who aren't famous. Yeah. That's terrible. But it was cool to see her. Yeah. Um. So that was cool. Uh, my first leg was the second leg. Mm. So I was the first person to receive a handoff. And Jay. Now we're getting into how much the race, how the race affected me. Oh, jeez. I know there's a lot of anticipation. How did my foot hold up? I don't know. So I get my handoff. The first leg, the relay starts coming off of Mount Hood. Mm-hmm. So the first three legs are all just steep downhill yeah so my first leg was five miles and minus 1500 feet oh geez and i was like i ran the grand canyon i'm ready for this but when (laughs) we ran the grand canyon we were going like 10 or 12 minute pace and i was like this is a race i gotta send it and i didn't know how fast i was gonna go because i didn't know what kind of shape i'm in or anything yeah but i ended up going about 5 30 pace downhill for five miles Ah. which I was kind of disappointed in myself, but granted, throughout the whole thing, I wasn't really disappointed in myself because I wasn't expecting to do that great. And it's got to be significantly faster than your threshold pace. Yeah, but it was also not a PR for 8K by a long shot. My name's Brian. I'm upset that I didn't PR for an 8K after not running for four months. (laughs) It was literally steep downhill the whole time. Which is not easy. Well, I don't know. Yeah, it can help. It can also be diff- make, make it more difficult. But, I mean, like, you know your 8K times, right? Nope. When's that? Don't you run 8Ks for running club? I ran one two years ago, Brian. <laughs> okay. Never mind, then I won't talk times with you. Point is, <laughs> I went pretty fast, and when I got, like... I remember running it, it got to the point that I was like... My legs hurt a lot just from going downhill. Please, can there just be anything other than downhill? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, like, out of breath sometimes. I don't know. By the time I got to the end of it, my body was in pain. Not necessarily my uh, fascia, my plantar fascia. But, yeah, pretty worn out. And then I handed off, and I was like, okay, now I got a good, like, six to eight hours until I have to run again. So we do the rest of the handoffs. Whatever. My second leg... Starts at... How was sleeping? Um, so, after the first leg, we were still close enough to our hotel that once we handed off to the other van, we were like, okay, we have... I don't even know. Yeah, like six-ish hours, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we were able to go back to the hotel. And some people showered. Um, I just kind of, like, laid on a bed and took a quick, like, hour nap. Oh, because going back to the hotel... There was some car crash somewhere, and it took us, like, a million years to get back to the hotel. Nice. So we should have had, like, two or three hours at the hotel, but we really only had, like, one. Mm. So I just got into the hotel, took off my shoes, and, like, plopped on a bed, and, like, took a one-hour power nap. Yeah. And then 
woke up, we gathered our stuff, and then, because we still also had to drive to the next exchange zone, which was like an hour away. Yeah. So, obviously doing a lot of stretching in between all of this, too. Mm-hmm. But, we get to my second leg, and it is, it starts at, I think, like, 10 p.m.-ish. Nice. So it's dark, and the whole leg is just six miles down a highway. So I was like, okay, at least it's not super downhill. This yeah. is going to be fun. You can rip it and grip it nighttime on a highway with a chase van. Yeah. That's pretty hype. Exactly. But also, the soreness from running five miles straight downhill was mm-hmm. already setting in. So, like, my quads were super sore. My mm-hmm. calves were super sore. I assume just from, like, not running and not being in good shape. Yeah. And, like, my foot muscles were tired. Yeah. Like, the arches of my feet, I could feel, were tired just from running. And I'm like, maybe four months of running made me not strong at running anymore. Four months of aqua jogging, you mean? Yeah. Because I was hoping aqua jogging would keep me in good shape. I think it kept me in decent cardio shape, Mm -hmm. but all of the muscles I used to run were just not where they usually are. Yeah, you had astronaut muscles. Yeah. Which... I did not want to accept coming into the race, but quickly realized during the race. So anyways, my muscles, you know, have you ever done like a downhill run or a downhill hike with a lot of elevation and like the next day you feel all the soreness in your like quads and calves and stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's where I was starting my second leg, Mm. where I, I... I was sore to the point that on a, in regular circumstances, I would probably be like, eh, maybe I'll take today off. Mm-hmm. And let my legs feel better so that I can, like, run tomorrow. Uh, but I couldn't do that here. So <laughs> I started warming up. And after a little bit of warming up, I was able to get some of the soreness to go away. Yeah. But uh, I still took the bracelet, went on my way. And the limiting factor, I would say, was the soreness and the tiredness of my muscles. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't breathing super hard. But if I tried to speed up, I'd be like, oop, nope, quads are sore, quads hurt, can't go that fast. Um, So second leg, I think I finished with like 720 pace. Mm. Significantly slower, but I was like, the first leg was going way downhill, so. Yeah, how long were these legs? This leg was like a little over five miles. Okay. Yeah. So 720 for a little over five miles. Not impressive. Right. (laughs) But that was with extremely sore legs, and I haven't been training, blah, 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 blah. So that was that leg. Oh, I also had to run with, like, a headlamp and reflective vests and everything, but that's understandable. Um, So, yeah, did that. Everyone else runs their legs. Everyone else is killing it. And then we hand off to Van 2 and go to our next... um, place where we rest until van two comes back around to us Mm -hmm. and this one we were too far away to go back to the hotel at this point and also i don't think we had hotels for this night Uh yeah so what they have they have a field set up with just like designated kind of like camping spots basically Mm -hmm. so we're all exhausted we finished up at like i don't know like 2 a.m maybe or something also, keep in mind this is on the west coast, so 2 a.m. there is like 5 a.m. here or something. Mm-hmm. Basically, our, we were just shot. 
So we get to this camping spot, and uh, most of the people just slept in the car, in the van, but a couple of us had sleeping bags, so we, like, laid a tarp out on the grass, and then I threw out my sleeping bag and just, like, slunk into it, Mm -hmm. and, dude, it was cold out because it was night in Oregon, but as soon as I got into my sleeping bag with my inflatable pillow, I was like, oh my gosh, I am so comfy. <laughs> and I was just out like a light. Like, yeah. I immediately fell asleep. Um, woke up two hours later, and I was <laughs> slightly concerned because I wake up and poke my head out and look next to me, and there is just a body covered in towels. <laughs> and I'm oh, like, geez. what? And then I, like, kind of examined it. It was our van driver. And uh-huh. later found out that at some point during the night, he, like, got out of the car to pee or something. And then it locked behind him. Or maybe there wasn't enough room in the van or something. Some circumstance <laughs> led to him taking all of the towels we had and then just laying them on him and laying on the tarp, which could not have been warm. I've been in that circumstance before. Yeah. But, yeah. So he must have been extremely freezing the whole time. I feel bad for him. But I got a rock solid two hours of sleep. Nice. Woke up, could barely walk. <laughs> After like, it wasn't fast, but it was racing effort to me on legs that were already sore from running steep downhill. Yeah. And I woke up and I was like, "Well, time to run my last leg here in about an hour." <laughs> So we roused the troops, we got to the exchange zone, first runner took it from van two again, and we took off to our other place. I started my last leg at about 5 a.m., so still dark, still had to wear the headlamp and everything, Um, but this was through more of, like, I would call them, like, state highway roads, Mm. so, like, two lanes through, like, forested area. It was pretty nice. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, coming into this leg, I was like... I don't know if I'm going to be able to run. Hmm. Like, I can barely walk. It is an, it is extremely painful to walk. Yeah. But I need to run. So I was, like, trying to warm up, trying to loosen things up, um, and just, like, wasn't making any progress. I was like, I might just have to take the bracelet and just grind this one out. So our runner comes in. I'm like, oh, this is going to hurt so bad. And I was telling our van driver, he was like, so what pace do you think you got? Like 650 projected for this. I was like, dude, those projections are long gone. (laughs) I was like, I'll be impressed if I make eight minute pace on this leg. This one was, I think five and a half. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, eight minute pace, dude. He's like, oh no, you can go faster than that. You're good. Once you get going, I was like, no, no, no. Eight minute pace. I will be pushing as hard as I can eight minute pace yeah so i get the bracelet and the weirdest thing happened which i guess is just like race mentality as you're soon caught as I by got the heart the of the cards yeah i take it turn slap it on my wrist and start going and i'm like i feel good <laughs> like i know i'm really sore but like this is not nearly as painful as it was when i was warming up i feel like i can run again approximately 10 seconds later that feeling left me nice And I was just extremely agonizingly sore trying to run. My legs were like, oh my god, what are you doing? Please stop. (laughs) Yeah. And I just, like, gritted my teeth and ran five and a half miles on terribly sore legs. Came in at about an 8.06 pace. (laughs) Nice. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh, it was so bad. Um... 
and then yeah the rest of the runners i was the second runner so the good thing is i was one of the first people done so there you go that was nice but then i finished yeah and then i just like i stretched a little bit but i was like i'm sitting in the car and i'm not moving (laughs) (laughs) but then we finished the rest of our legs and then we drove we stopped and got breakfast and then we drove to the beach where the race was going to finish and then the coast oh man yeah dude just walking around the rest of that day i was like just waddling hobbling (laughs) like terrible like it before everyone was talking about oh yeah we get to the ocean and then we jump in the pacific and like we hang out on the beach and i was like i just don't want to move period like this is horrible um but yeah we made it to the beach oh and then at the end it's like they do there's like an actual finish line where they get your time but then at the end they have like you join your whole team joins with your last runner and you like ceremoniously like run the last like 50 meters across the finish line and i was like i can't run guys (laughs) i "I cannot do this but i kind of like hobbled jerked across the line like in in a sad excuse for do you like go into the ocean on the finish uh no it's just a finish line on the beach dumb but then we did go yeah that is dumb it should finish into the ocean (laughs) you ran 200 miles as a group and you don't go into the ocean on the finish (laughs) well we did go into the ocean afterwards um walking around on the beach i found that there was a blister on the bottom of my foot as well nice um but yeah and that was the race so the results we won the corporate mixed division first place (laughs) Nice. We we beat uh, two Lululemon teams that both had Olympians on them. We beat Colleen Quigley. That jerk. <laughs> so, yeah. I was pretty pleased. Our overall pace was like 630-ish. Oh, wow. I think. So you were really dragging the team down, huh? I was literally, I think, the slowest person on the team. Oh, no, Brian. <laughs> and there were six women on the team. <laughs> Granted, the women on our team are freaking killer. Like, we have some really good women. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a couple of the guys were cruising like 520, 530 pace for each of their legs. Yeah. Um, yeah. GE Runners, not a team to mess around with. They got nice. some talent, let me tell you. Yeah, we have some fast girls on the club this year. And uh, like fast to the point where it's like, oh man, it'll be really fun to have you for one season. <laughs> yeah, until they join varsity. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's It seems um, arrogant to say, but... Like, when she's leading the pack on a run through, like, Eden, and we're mm-hmm. all going, like, seven flat, <laughs> or, like, faster, and she's chatting it up with us, it's like, okay. Yeah, she's gonna get poached. Yeah, she's gonna get poached. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Hopefully I'm not to boiled. Anything, el- <laughs> anything else I want to add? Um, not really. That was kind of it. For the race, but then since we won our division, we had to pick up awards the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and the awards they give them at the finish line, which is like a two-hour drive from the hotel we stayed at in Portland. Nice. That's the most annoying thing about a 200-mile race is like everything's all over the place. Yeah, but then most people uh, out flew out that. Back. <laughs> yeah, most people flew out that night or early the next morning, so there were only a few of us around to go pick up the rewards. Mm-hmm. One of which was me. So I woke up the next day, and a couple people are like, yeah, we're going to drive back and pick up the awards. You want to come with us? And I was like, I want to lay in bed and never move ever again. (laughs) 
But I was like, yeah, I'll go with you. Because then they also took some time to, like, go do a hike. Um, and, like, we hunt, we went to a cool, like, scenic beach. Mm. All of which, like, I know getting out of the car and walking around a little bit was good for me. But it was extremely painful. I was, like, barely getting through hikes. On the hikes, if we had to go downhill, I had to walk backwards. Because, like, I could barely take steps going downhill. Oh, man. So, here's so my I, question. Was it, like, everybody... Was everybody on Team Brian's trying to finish really hard and, like, we know that he's worse for wear? Oh, yeah. I came in and told everybody, I was like, I have not run in four months. I have plantar fasciitis. I'm going to do my best, but I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) And it was a unique position for me to be in because I was like, I'm the worst one here and I am going very slow. So it's like me getting back in the van and everyone's like, oh, good job out there. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, you should have watched Run with the Wind. Yeah, would that have motivated me to do better? Yes. Yes, Brian. Maybe I should have. You should still watch it. <laughs> I will. Once I get the chance. Oh, I, I will, will. I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, anyways. That? Oh, wait, that's, a, that's a, Do you remember that reference? No. It's from Whitest Kids You Know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I went and got the rewards. We went and went on a hike. We went to a scenic beach. All that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's basically good. throughout that... Huh? I said it's good. Yeah. Basically throughout that whole day and throughout, of, throughout the entire race, really, um, we were just eating basically snack foods out of the car. Like, we had bagels and peanut butter and stuff, but a mm-hmm. lot of it's, like, Cliff Bars, Animal Crackers. Um, I had a can of tuna at one point, which was really good. What? Um, yeah, basically just, like, car snack food. And then the whole day when we were getting you know, car the awards... car snack food, cans of tuna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the whole day when we were getting the awards, going on the hike, going to the beach, a lot of it was just driving. Like, I spent basically the whole day in the car just eating and that whole day i was eating granola bars and goldfish crackers mm-hmm. so um did that all day and then my flight out was at 10 p.m so then on the flight i was just eating granola bars and goldfish crackers and eventually got home i, ha- I took a red eye flight and got home at like 10:30 a.m in wilmington nice and then like settled in to like do some work and stuff and basically like afternoon by the time i got home um, we're gonna come full circle here, Jay. I started to feel a rumbling in my tumbling. Oh no. <laughs> and I was like, it's been a while since I moved my bowels. <laughs> yeah, the snack that smiles back is rearing its ugly head. <laughs> it's like, I wonder what this is gonna be like. So I went <laughs> to the bathroom, and Jay, I know we were trying not to describe things, but this was, there was a large quantity, and it was like gray. Oh no. <laughs> I was like, oh boy, I do not think I have been getting the proper nutrients. <laughs> yep. That's a bummer. I was quite alarmed. I have since come back, though. My whole body is back to good shape. I'm coming out of the soreness now that it's mm. been, what, like four days since the nice. race? Yeah, starting to recover. I've been going on walks every day. How's your fascia? Um, yeah, so fascia still isn't bothering me. This is similar to when I ran the Grand Canyon, I think. I was really sore and, like, couldn't perceive it through the soreness for a long time. Mm -hmm. The soreness has not completely subsided, so I'm still waiting to see what the damage is. But I honestly don't think it really did much damage. Nice. From what I can tell right now. So, 
per usual post-big race, I'm going to take two weeks off, focus completely on just stretching and strengthening my planter, and then um, I think I'm going to start really, really, really slowly easing back into running, I hope. Nice. Because, dude, being with all of the GE runners reinvigorated my love for running. Yeah. Because there's so many good people. Like, a couple of the people have coaches and, like, legit train and stuff. And, yeah, I was like, I want to be good at running again. I don't want to be the worst one on the relay. So, yeah, my goal is to come back next year to Hood to Coast with a vengeance. Because um, the top six finishers in each division get automatic entry into the next year. Because usually it's a lottery. Mm-hmm. And there was one time GE didn't auto-qualify, and then we had to, like, wait a few years until we could win the lottery again and get back in. So, ah, I'm excited yeah. to go back. That is exciting. I, uh, I recently sort of had a little more pep in my step for running. Um, I did my first interval workout in, like, two years. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, because I was thinking about it, and the last time I actually did hard workouts, like speed stuff, was training for sophomore cross country and now I'm a junior but there's also a pre-junior year in between that so oh geez yeah so now I did on Tuesday I did my first interval workout and like it was just six one thousands mm-hmm. and I managed to pick up a couple guys to run with me two other guys go. were going faster so but then I had my squad of three and oh man Brian it was a good feeling and uh, we were we were hitting our splits, and I was I was actually like calculating my pace, hit my was hitting my splits, saying like good job. Mm-hmm. We were all like fist bumping and stuff yeah. afterwards, and and just in general, sort of the team has had a lot more group energy and like high school team energy, a lot more mm-hmm. just in general enthusiasm for it. Because I don't know if you ever had anything like this, but uh, I've just sort of been being much more loud and out about what my plan is for like my training. And that's resulted in, we go for a run, and then when I get back, I'm always, or before the run, a lot of times I'll announce it, but I'll always say, okay, I'm going to do core and stretching when I get back, so then we do our run, get back, everyone does core with me, and everyone does stretching. Oh, nice. Yeah. And we all, like, hang out, a lot of times we'll go to a dining hall afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Oh, yeah, so we're getting, we're getting pretty hyped. It's like, it's not, like, an intense vibe, but everyone, a lot of people are participating. I feel like there's a lot more group participation. Yeah. I feel like when I was there, there were a few people that were like, this is what I'm doing, hop on with whoever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like we were more scattered to the point that there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a very cohesive end to a running club meeting. It was mm-hmm. just kind of everyone trickles off. Yeah, so there, we definitely have like some people trickle off, but now it's like there's a squad that'll stick around to do Jay's coroner. <laughs> coroner? Coroner. <laughs> As in, like, dead people? Yes. Um, oh, okay. But, yeah, so that's... Running's going well over here. I'll be glad to have you back whenever you're done being slow. Yeah, okay, so um, Wilson is back with <laughs> vengeance. Yeah, no, well, you didn't even... Your speed wasn't mentioned previously. It was always just fast Wilson and other Wilson. Yeah, I know. But we'll see. I, uh... I've been really wondering lately, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but I can tell that my workouts for interval training are hard by the end, but I feel like I need to need to push harder, you know? Yeah, that's how I always feel at the end. I'm like, I, you gotta yeah. do more. And I think that 
Because thresholds, thresholds are thresholds. You can't press that pace too fast. For mm-hmm. those of you who don't know, it's like there's this certain speed that your heart can go where, or like you're just your cardiovascular system where you're exchanging the lactic acid out of your body as fast as you're producing it. And so you can sort mm-hmm. of, that's the fastest pace you can maintain for a long distance. Yeah. So then our strategy aerobic threshold. Yeah, our strategy is to go like right at that and just keep your body at that limit. For as long for like twenty minutes is about the time that people usually try to, mm-hmm. and uh, and then your body will be like, oh wow, this threshold isn't fast enough. We'll make it a little bit faster, and then you just move to that speed and hit that mm-hmm. a ton. Um, so you can't really like just grind harder and do that better. That just turns into interval workouts. But then interval yeah. workouts, you're already in that faster than your lactic threshold. So I feel like that's where I need to just grit my teeth and run harder because my yeah my heart rate was only like. Well, I don't know how accurate my watch is, but it was like 156, 160. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. I feel like there's stuff left in the tank. I don't know how accurate my watch is either, but during my race legs at Hood to Coast, it said I was only getting up to, like, 140. Yeah. Which makes sense to me because the limiting factor was my sore legs, not... Yeah. Like, I wasn't really breathing hard through most of the race, but I was like, my legs just will not move. Yeah. So, it's crazy stuff. Definitely much training to be done. So, how far did you run total? Like 17 miles, I think. Okay. 17 and a half over the course of 24 hours. Which, I don't know if it would have been easier to just run 17 miles straight up or take the breaks in between and like yeah. let the soreness accumulate. I don't know, because... Well, I've been running 15 miles at 7 flat pace most often times. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm just worthless for the whole day after that. Oh, also, fun fact is that uh, I completely, mile for mile, positive split the race. Really? Every single mile was slower than the one before it. Even when I got a six-hour break and then started, the first mile of my second leg was slower than the last mile of my first leg. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And And then same for the third leg. You couldn't pull it together for a fast last mile? Not even fast, like oh, one no. second faster than the previous one? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It was a careening plane in a downward spiral. <laughs> there was no coming back. Yeah. Well, well you know actually, what? so at the ends of the legs, there would be like 0.45 or 0.65, you know? Mm-hmm. And those I sped up usually. Okay. But for each full mile... And yeah. it got slower. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Oh, how the mighty so have fallen. <laughs> I have... Hey, this is just the, uh... Like the... This is the first half of the second act. Where yeah. it's my fall from grace. And the then eventually... Crows. It, huh? I said the clipped crows. Exactly. That was a volleyball anime reference for all of our listeners out there. <laughs> So, I have one more story I want to close out with before we okay. finish this up. And yeah. it's, the, it's the story that I said was going to probably upset the mole people. So, um, you're familiar with the mole on my leg? Oh, yes. The inner left <laughs> thigh? Um, right thigh, actually. Right thigh. All right. Yeah. So, more people have been noticing this mole lately, Jay. <laughs> yeah? Lately being like the past two years, I'd say. The next year-ish, I don't know. Well, Sydney obviously noticed it long ago and yeah. is very familiar with it. But uh, 
I think it might just be because I moved to Wilmington and like I'm wearing shorts and bathing suits and stuff more often. Yeah. But more people see it. It's been brought up at family occasions too. Yeah, we've. It's it's a common topic of family discussion. I don't know why, but yeah, everyone's always like, "Have you had that looked at? Like, you might want to get that checked out." Like, yeah, like, people I'm, look at it all the time and talk to me about it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I've literally had this mole my entire life, and it's never changed. Like, I see it all the time. Yeah. I'm not concerned. But lately, just the quantity of people that are like, "Have you had that looked at?" I was like, "Maybe I should have this looked at." Well, it's very dark. And then, and it's very three dimensional. Yeah, I know. Um, so I went to, I also lately went to get an actual primary care physician so that I could get to physical therapy for my plantar fascia. And while I was there, I was like, also, I have this mole that everyone always (laughs) notices. Yeah. So I showed it to them. They're like, oh, I'll refer you to a dermatologist. I went to the dermatologist. This was the week before Hood to Coast. Okay. And so they look at it. Literally, the dermatologist takes this weird little, like, magnifying glass flashlight thingy and like looks at it for like two seconds and she's like okay yeah so that's a blue navis or blue nevis or something mm-hmm. and i was like "Ooh, it has a name and she's like basically it's it like just a, looks it's really like a special gem <laughs> yeah <laughs> blue navis basically it's just a mole that looks super dark because it goes really deep mm. and she's like it's usually not uh like bad or anything and she's like you said it's looked like that you've had it forever i'm like yeah it hasn't changed he's like yeah well the border is pretty regular it's a little raised it's pretty normal for like a blue navis nevis i forget what Mm -hmm. it is um but she's like yeah but we could do a biopsy on it if you want just like make sure it's fine Mm -hmm. and i was like well what's the other option (laughs) (laughs) and she's like what or you could just like keep an eye on it and if anything changes then you come in and i was like okay yeah, I want to do that. And then we were just, like, talking a little bit about what it was, and, like, I had a couple questions and stuff. And basically, eventually came around to I was like, ah, oh, yeah, you know what, like, let's just do the biopsy. We can see what's what we got going on here. Oh, she gave you the sale. Have you ever had a biopsy, Jay? No, don't they just, like, anything? rip a chunk off? Yeah, I thought, I've, my perception of a biopsy was they take a little piece of it, and then they analyze it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was picturing, like, like you just need some cells, right? Yeah. So, like, a little tweezer, like, pinch, grab a little bit of skin or something. Um, but that was not what happened. <laughs> they, like, injected some numbing stuff into it, and then it, like, raised up, and she used this weird razor thing, and scraped the whole top right off. It's gone. <laughs> I was like, lady! <laughs> <laughs> You took the mole. <laughs> you took my favorite mole. It's like we could either remove it or we could remove it and then do a biopsy to see if it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, well, they didn't completely remove it because it's deep. Like, if they yeah. were going to remove it, they'd have to, like, dig in there and really get everything out. So yeah. there's still, like, a spot under it, but it's not, like, raised and smooth and shiny anymore. And I was like, it was so pretty before, and now you just gave me this freaking scar. Oh, so you would have liked to keep it if it was, you would have wanted to have it if it was normal. Yeah, if it was normal, I'd be like, yeah, it's like character, you know? That's my mole. Yeah, so Sydney is also very distraught. When I told her, she was like, no, I love that mole. (laughs) And I have become quite attached to it too, but now it's Ah. just gone. (laughs) This is why I don't like making decisions in the moment, because I didn't know what I was getting into. Well, and yeah. I feel like it all just happened so fast. 
Yeah, that's why I don't like dentists when they're removing teeth. Or oral surgeons, I guess. Yeah. Because they always feel the need to lie to you. It's like, I'm an adult. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me if you're removing things from my body. Yeah. But yeah, I like to get information, go home, think about it for a day or two, and then come back. But this just fair. happened. Yeah. And then, as soon as I got home, I started doing a little research on blue navises. Navi. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are, like, basically always not... What's the word? Bad. They're basically malignant. always benign. Yeah, almost never malignant. So I was like, well, there was like a huge chance that this was going to be fine anyway. And I already thought it was fine. And here you are, stealing it from me. Do you really hope it's cancerous now? Well, I already got the results back. It is benign. Ah. Like, you just mutilated me for nothing. Can they keep it on ice and you can just, like, have it re Sew so it back on? I don't know, I didn't ask. Dang. But then I was also kind of proud because I was reading about it, and it said they're pretty common, but mainly um, among... Handsome gentlemen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, common among, I think, like, Asian and African communities. Like, Mm -hmm. they're pretty common. But it said they're, like, very rare in Caucasian people. And Mm -hmm. I was like, ha-ha, I got one. (laughs) I had had this rare, benign, cool-looking mole... Okay. Now it's gone. So yeah. I've been very adamant. They gave me a sheet on how to take care of the biopsy site, and I've been very adamant about changing my bandages and making sure it stays uh, Vaseline. And uh, I really want it to heal well because so I want it to grow back. <laughs> before our whole family would talk about your mole in a worried fashion, but now that we know it's fine, we're gonna have to listen to you talk about it in, so, in a braggadocious way talk about how cool it is yeah so now see my mole (laughs) so now i'm actually yeah like cultivating this mole to try to get it to grow back and return to its former glory all of your pants will just have a circle cut out to expose your mole (laughs) yeah actually like with like a magnifying lens on it so you just like do a deep lunge on top of the conference table at work you should be like anybody (laughs) ever seen a blue navis yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i was i was really upset it looks like it's healing pretty well, though, so I'm hoping mm-hmm. it can come back. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to see that at a shoot. I don't know Thanksgiving. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Do you want to read emails? Yep, let's do it. We have All one. Right. I got this one. Dear Wilson Bros, this one's from Brian's little data point. <laughs> I have to admit that I am slightly behind on the weekly Wilson, so naturally I decided to listen to the most recent episode. I am so thankful to have a wonderful fiancé, okay, now we're kind of revealing who this is, who did not paint me as too much of a two-year-old in my drunken evening, but let me tell you, not my finest moment. I am in complete agreement with Jay. If you are the only hungover person, anyone that is not, anyone that is not is the enemy. (laughs) However, there are worse ways to spend your hangover than being incapacitated on the couch with Harry Potter on in the background while your man attends to your every need. Fiancé of the year award. Oh yeah. But getting back to why I wrote in. Drinking as an adult hits different. You intend to go out and get a few drinks. Then those drinks turn into a trip downtown, which then turns into dancing. And then to top it off, shots. With this series of events, there is no way to prepare your stomach for the turmoil that has suddenly occurred. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it is more spur of the moment. Yeah. Which makes it tough. I think we talked about that, but... When you're in college, there is always the possibility of getting drunk, so you constantly prepare emergency snacks, carb-heavy meals, etc. 
Also, not so sure about a tattoo for the wedding ring. Just saying. Sincerely, <laughs> Ryan's little data point. Yeah. Well, see, that's what we were talking about last time, is yes, you might not be able to prepare as much on the front end, but you can have the crash bag ready for the next day. Yeah. <laughs> or you just have, like, Pedialyte, Propel, salt, like, french fries, I guess. Just <laughs> month-old french fries that you've had in your crash bag. Yeah. Um, but then also... Yeah, I don't know. It's a delicate balance recognizing it happening and doing damage control during the night also. Mm -hmm. You can still try to save yourself during and after, but before, I feel like, mm -hmm. mostly goes away once you're older. Yeah, I definitely... The most prep work I've ever done is having a full Nalgene and a trash can near me when I go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'll help. Yeah. Also, I think that wireframe waste bins need to not exist. Oh, yeah. What good are they? They're only there to fool people who need to vomit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you ever known someone to throw up in one of those? I have known several people to throw up in those. <laughs> <laughs> that must just be so discouraging. You're desperately looking for a vessel and you find something and then it's just... You throw up on the floor anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. Well, Brian, it was great sitting down to talk with you. Same to you, Jay. Yep. Real pleasure. Great business transaction here. Yep. Hey, good job today. <laughs> Thanks. You really knocked it out of the park. Hey, I'm proud of you, buddy. <laughs> hey, Brian. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> Alright, that's all we got for you this week. Um, thank you for listening. <laughs> Brian, you're such a good boy. <laughs> I think we need to start maybe trying to not laugh at our own jokes, because I feel like they're funnier if we don't laugh. When you think of, like, a comedian performing. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. Anyways. Hey, good job today, buddy. Then how do we know we're being funny? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, anyways, Brian, you did great today. Um, <laughs> so... Thank you for listening. That's all we got this week. Um, you can email to the pod at weeklywilsonpod at gmail.com. Weeklywilsonpod at gmail.com for all of your podcast emailing needs. Um, I guess we'll we'll see you next week. It's been it's been real. But until the end of next week, unless otherwise noted, this I my name's Jay Wilson. This this my name is Jay Wilson. His name's Brian Wilson, <laughs> and this has been the Weekly Wilson. Solid. Thank you. Hey, good job today. <laughs>